Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for May 1st, 2022. It is the third Sunday of Easter. Join in our call to worship. God of victory over death, your Son revealed himself again and again and convinced his followers of his glorious resurrection. Grant that we may know his risen presence, in love obediently feed his sheep and care for the lambs of his flock, until we join the hosts of heaven in worshiping you and praising him who is worthy of blessing and honor, glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O living Christ, come to us in the glory of your risen power. Come to us in the humility of your wondrous love. Come and reign among us. Let new life course through our veins. New love bind us together. And new vision spur us on to follow you forever. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, we greet you. The cross has not defeated you. The grave has not kept you silent. At the first dew of the morning, you met our sister Mary and called her by her name. We are your family and friends, and though numbed by your death and aware of our complicity in it, we come hesitantly but gladly to confirm the rumor that you are alive. Meet us as you met Mary with gentleness and resolution. Speak our names quietly in our hearts that we may proclaim your name boldly on our lips. Amen. Our scripture today is John 21, 1 through 19. 
After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, a hundred fifty-three of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Here is Frederick Beekner's excerpt on Peter first published in Peculiar Treasures and reprinted in Beyond Words. Everybody knows he started out as a fisherman. 
He lived with his wife in Capernaum, where they shared a house with his mother-in-law and his brother Andrew. He and Andrew had their own boat and were in business with a couple of partners named James and John, Zebedee's sons. The first time Jesus laid eyes on him, he took one good look and said, So you're Simon, the son of John, John 1.42, and then said that from then on he'd call him Cephas, which is Aramaic for Peter, which is Greek for rock. A rock isn't the prettiest thing in creation, or the fanciest, or the smartest. And if it gets rolling in the wrong direction, watch out. But there's no nonsense about a rock, and once it settles down, it's pretty much there to stay. There's not a lot you can do to change a rock, or crack it, or get under its skin. And barring earthquakes, you can depend on it about as much as you can depend on anything. So Jesus called him the rock, and it stuck with him the rest of his life. Peter the rock. He could stop fishing for fish, Jesus told him. He'd been promoted. From then on out, people were to be his business. Now he could start fishing for them. There was a lot of talk going around about who Jesus was and who he wasn't. And Jesus himself seemed just as glad to steer clear of the subject. Then one day he brought it up himself, and the disciples batted it around for a while. There were some people who said he was John the Baptist come back from the grave, they told him, or maybe Elijah or Jeremiah or some other prophet who thought he'd see what he could do a second time around. There were all kinds of half-baked theories, they said, then Jesus put it to them straight. Who do you say that I am? Nobody wanted to stick his neck out, and the silence was deafening till Peter broke it, or till it washed up against the rock that Peter was and broke itself. You're the Christ, he said, the son of the living God. It took a lot of guts to say, and Jesus knew it did. If it was true, it was enough to blow the lid off everything. If it wasn't true, you could get yourself stoned to death as a blasphemer for just thinking it. But Peter said it anyway, and Jesus made up for him the only beatitude he ever made up for a single individual and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, which means Simon, son of John and seems to have been what he always called him when he really meant business. Then he went back to Peter the Rock again and told him that he was the rock he wanted to build his church on, and that as soon as he got to heaven, he was to be the one to decide who else got in. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, Jesus said. It was another promotion. But if Peter was the only one Jesus ever gave a beatitude of his own to, he was also the only one he ever gave hell to, at least in quite such a direct way. It happened not long afterwards. Jesus was saying that to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, wasn't going to be a bed of roses all the way. 
and the time wasn't far off when he'd suffer the tortures of the damned in Jerusalem and be killed. Peter couldn't take it. God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen, he said, and that's when Jesus lit into him. Get behind me, Satan, he said, because the rock that Peter was at that point was blocking the grim road that Jesus knew he had to take, whether he or Peter or anyone else wanted it that way or not, because God wanted it that way, and that was that. You're not on God's side, but men's, he said. You're a rock I've cracked my shins on. It wasn't the last time Peter said the wrong thing either or asked the wrong question or got the wrong point or at least failed to do the thing that was right. The day he saw Jesus walking on the water and tried to walk out to him himself, for instance, he was just about to go under for the third time because rocks have never been that much good at floating when Jesus came to the rescue. Once when Jesus was talking about forgiveness, Peter asked how many times you were supposed to forgive any one person. Seven times, maybe? And Jesus turned on him and said that after you'd forgiven him 70 times seven, you were just starting to get warmed up. Another time Jesus was talking about heaven and Peter wanted to know what sort of special deal people like himself got, people who had left home and given everything up the way he'd given everything up to follow Jesus. And Jesus took it easy on him that time, because a rock can't help being a little thick sometimes, and said he'd get plenty, and so would everybody else. And then there were the things he did or failed to do, those final miserable days just before the end. At their last supper, when Jesus started to wash the disciples' feet, it was Peter who protested, You wash my feet? And when Jesus explained that it showed how they were all part of each other and servants together, Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head and would probably have stripped down to the altogether if Jesus hadn't stopped him in time. At that same sad meal, Jesus said he would be going soon. And because Peter didn't get what he meant or couldn't face it, he asked about it. And Jesus explained what he meant was that he was going where nobody on earth could follow him. Peter finally got the point then and asked why he couldn't follow. I'll lay down my life for you, he said. And then Jesus said to him the hardest thing Peter had ever heard him say. Listen, listen, he said. The cock won't crow till you've betrayed me three times. And that's the way it was, of course. Peter sitting out there in the high priest's courtyard, keeping warm by the fire while inside the ghastly interrogation was in process, and then the girl coming up to ask him three times if he wasn't one of them, and his replying each time that he didn't know what in God's name she was talking about. 
and then the old cock's waddles, trembling scarlet, as up over the horizon it squawked the rising sun, and the tears running down Peter's face like rain down a rock. According to Paul, the first person Jesus came back to see after Easter morning was Peter. What he said and what Peter said, nobody will ever know, and maybe that's just as well. Their last conversation on this earth, however, is reported in the Gospel of John. It was on the beach at daybreak. Some of the other disciples were there, and Jesus cooked them breakfast. When it was over, he said to Peter, only again he called him Simon, son of John, because if ever he meant business, this was it. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said he did. Then Jesus asked the same question a second time, and then once again. And each time Peter said he loved him three times in all to make up for the other three times. Then Jesus said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And you get the feeling that this time Peter didn't miss the point. From fisher of fish to fisher of people to keeper of the keys to shepherd. It was the rock's final promotion. And from that day forward, he never let the head office down again. End quote. Brothers and sisters, Jesus asks each of us that same question. Do you love me? No matter how we have let him down, denied him, misunderstood him, Jesus still loves us and asks us to love in return. And when we answer yes, Jesus has a command for each of us. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, follow me. Let's not miss the point. Let's not, as Beekner says, let the head office down. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you see beyond the limitations of our everyday familiar lives. You heal us and send us out to new adventures. Help us to say with Peter, you know everything, Lord. You know that I love you. And then to step out boldly where you are leading. In Jesus' name, amen. Turning back, though none go with me.
receive the benediction. Christ asks if we love him. If we say yes, he says, then care for one another. This is our opportunity to make a difference, to live lovingly on the frontiers of his bright new world. We cannot promise to do it perfectly, but we can give it a go, relying on his abundant wisdom to take our small love and fit it into a larger pattern of good for all creation. From the living God in Christ Jesus, grace, mercy, and peace will be yours today and always. Amen.